Laodicea was a rich city, so people who would visit there were impressed, but the water was nasty. You cannot live without water. You cannot live without the living water. Jesus is the living water for us. Hello and welcome to episode seven in our series, Revelation Expectations. We are your hosts, Apostle Charles, seated to my left, and I'm Stephanie Wright. Thank you for joining us on our journey through the last book of the Bible, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Today, we conclude our study of the seven churches with the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 22. As a reminder, we have covered the churches of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, and Philadelphia in episodes one through six of this series, Revelation Expectations. We encourage you to listen to this series' first podcast or YouTube presentation to establish a foundation for past and future episodes. Revelation reveals Jesus' love and mercy to us and the unsaved. He prolongs his return because God does not want any to be lost. If you do not know him, now would be a good time to invite Jesus into your heart to be your Savior and Lord. We should remember that the spiritual characters of these seven churches are still in the earth today. And we should examine ourselves and not focus only on those historical churches, but also reflect on our own lives and as it is written in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 3, and I'll paraphrase, blessed is he that reads, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is at hand. Also remember the seven churches are addressed by Jesus. We see words uh, of his, sometimes in red letter form, but it depends on the Bible that you use. Then later, we are told in the following chapters what is to come, the warning of the wrath of God. But the wrath of God is not for those who know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Okay, let's go to uh, the last of our seven churches, Laodicea. If you have been with us through the previous six churches, you know there is a similar pattern followed for every church. Jesus defines himself with a different title in each church. He tells the church what they are and are not doing that is pleasing to them, to him. He gives them a charge or command to correct their condition if it is displeasing to him. He tells them of the reward they will receive if they follow his command. Every church has some type of adversary, and Jesus tells every church two specific things. One, I know your works. And two, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Apostle Charles, would you please share with us how Jesus identifies himself? Well, he identifies himself with this particular church uh, a little differently than he does with other churches. I believe that he's reaching the needs of what they need to uh, identify themselves as well as hearing the identity of Jesus because we're supposed to be like him. We're starting at the... Revelation chapter 3 and 14, where Jesus speaks and says to John in so many words, to so go ahead and write this to this particular church. He says, and unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, write, 
These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. As stated earlier, Jesus's identity is revealed for each church and his identity speaks to what is relevant for that particular church. And he's speaking now to this particular church, which is Laodicea. Now, uh, he says that that particular church, in this case, the one is faithful and true witness, is going to speak to a church that is not faithful and true. This is the identity of this particular church. They're not faithful and true. Jesus declared that he was faithful and true. He is the beginning of the creation of God and will speak to those who think they do not need the one who created them, but are self-sufficient and do not need the creator. Unfortunately, this is a particular trouble that this church has because they're so self-sufficient until they came to the point where they felt like they were so uh, in tune with themselves and their environment, but not with Jesus. So Jesus tells them all about themselves, who they really are. In other words, they didn't know themselves as well as they should have. The same is for us today. Jesus tells us through the Holy Spirit all about ourselves who we really are. And the same is for all churches. Are we faithful and true witnesses? And do we honor Jesus, who is the beginning of creation of God? John gospel, first chapter and first verse tells us, and I'm paraphrasing, in the creation's beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Continuing on to verses 15 and 16. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So because you are neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. There is a history behind this particular verse and other verses related to the Church of Laodicea. Drive Through History, a series narrated by David Stotts, gives a very good background on Laodicea, which we will share throughout this lesson. Laodicea piped its water in from two different locations, Hierapolis and Colossae. The water from Hierapolis was from the hot springs. Water from Colossae was cold. However, when the water reached Laodicea, it was lukewarm and had minerals that made it distasteful. So, Jesus, when he tells them that he wants them hot or cold, they can relate to that, just as we can relate when we drink coffee that is lukewarm or a favorite drink. Their condition was distasteful to Jesus, unacceptable to him, and we will see in the following verses why. So he says because they are lukewarm, he will spew them out. This doesn't mean he just spit them out. Spewing is a gushing forth from the stomach. It's like vomiting. Or think of a volcano when a volcano spews out ashes. Laodicea was a rich city. So people who would visit there were impressed. But the water was nasty. You cannot live without water. You cannot live without the living water. Jesus is the living water for us. Remember the woman at the well in John chapter 4, verses 1 through 42? Jesus gave her living water, and she was never the same. Isaiah 55, verse 1, invites us to come to the waters. Even if you have no money, you can come to buy and eat. 
buy wine and milk without money and without price. Jesus asks nothing of us but for us to come to the living waters, come to him. He is the living waters. And John chapter 7 verse 38 says, He who believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. A reference to the Holy Spirit. Apostle Charles, do you have something additional? Well, no, not at this point, but I'd like to reflect on the fact that we're getting ready for verse 17. Uh, And in verse 17, we do see what we have mentioned earlier, that the identity of your works. Jesus said, I know your works. And so here in 17, we will see their works. Let me point it out to you that their works was their identity. And uh, here we see in 17, it says, and I may paraphrase periodically, because thou sayest, this is Jesus speaking to, through John to the church, because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have no have need of nothing and knoweth not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Now, this is what Jesus does perceive. They don't perceive this about themselves. And uh, the church at Laodicea, in the city of Laodicea, was a rich city. It was known for banking, the process and the uh, works of farming, the works of medicine and the teaching and the medical school that was located there. This is their works, in the, especially in the area of ophthalmology, which relates to the eyes. And also, they were rich with textiles because they had cotton fields as well as sheep, and they were good at producing clothing from wool. So yes, in the, in the secular world, they were rich. But when it came to the Holy Spirit in the spiritual world that Jesus was trying to bring to their attention, they were very poor and miserable. Nevertheless, they were like Wall Street, where commerce flourished, like in uh, Paris, where the latest fashions are seen on the runway each year. You see, the city of Laodicea didn't think they needed God, their creator. Isn't it strange that the creator created all the things that they used and to make themselves rich? Nevertheless, they ignored him as their creator who created their resources. They thought they were all that, but verse 17b tells them what they really are. They're not rich in faith in God, but they are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. This was their identity that they were not aware of. And these works, they were unsavory to God. Jesus is telling Laodicea where they are coming up short, not doing what they should do. Now he will give them a charge or what they need to do to get out of this self-righteous, blasphemous state they are in. Reading in verse 18, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich and white raiment that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness does not appear and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. He is telling them to come out of their worldly physical condition and step into the holy spiritual condition he has to offer. Gold, linen, and eye salve were exports of Laodicea, but God's gold is of the spirit. It offers pure wisdom and knowledge that cannot be corrupted like the wealth they knew. He offered a salve for the spiritual eye, not just the natural eye, 
so their souls could see the truth. They didn't know, and we don't know, that our soul is uncovered if we are blind. It is the truth that makes us free. As for the linen, he offered a covering for their soul, not just the fine linen they produced to cover their bodies. Revelation 19 verse 8 references the linen the bride of Christ will wear. It reads, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the linen, the fine linen, is the righteousness of the saints. And Revelation 19 verse 14 references the clothes those will wear who go into battle with Jesus at Armageddon. Quote, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Will you be arrayed in those fine linen, white and clean? I like to ask people, will you be ready to ride with Jesus and with me? That's very good, Stephanie. I did notice for sure that in the 18th verse, this is where Jesus offered to them challenges, charges, and correction. For example, he said, I counsel thee to buy of me the gold. So where's the gold? And I believe Stephanie already told you where that was. So God's goal is true gold. God's covering is true covering. He said in verse 19, Jesus says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And he goes on to tell us, be zealous. Therefore, and especially repent, that means make a change. Here we see for some is a punishment and for others it's a charge. For some of us it's a correction. Sometimes being chastened doesn't feel so good. But because he says he rebukes them and chastens them. And I would also say that God's love is like a punishment for them because they reject it. Numerous times in these chapters, the seven churches are told to repent as we are. We're told the same thing. We're told to repent when we have done wrong and displeased God and our works are unsavory. Which church do you see yourself in? If it is the church of Laodicea, we have a lot of work to do. Moving to verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Here we have the rewards. Jesus coming, being present, standing at the door, and knocking are our rewards. He would even give us and the people of Laodicea that much attention. Then he says, if any man hears his voice and opens the door, he will come in and be with him, eat with him, commune with him, hear him, befriend him, and that person will reciprocate. How awesome is that? I'm hoping that our listeners are hearing the words because we were told in Revelation 1 and 3 to read and to hear and that it would be a blessing for each and every one of us. And then, of course, pay attention to the corrections. Jesus wants us to buy without money, without price, his wisdom. Uh, it's great and wonderful for all of us to be able to be productive and uh, in this world, but nevertheless, we need to be productive in Christ. And the only way you can be productive in Christ is to be in Christ. So we want to encourage you. Now, in verse uh, 21, we have more rewards when we do the right thing with God. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, 
even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. I believe, what is that scripture Stephanie said, uh, uh, reflected upon? We are living in heavenly places. You remember that? We are seated that? in heavenly places. We are seated in heavenly places. So the Lord is promising a reward to be seated in heavenly places with Jesus uh, because he will be there with his father. So we want to encourage you to do so. The Laodiceans are told that if they overcome those things that they have succumbed to, believing that they were rich when they were really poor, turning their backs on God and thinking that they didn't need him, if they overcome these things, Jesus says that they will sit with him in his throne. Now that's some kind of reward. Verse 22 tells us that he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is, saith to all the churches, the churches then, the churches now. This admonition was given to this church, who is listed as the last church of the seven, and repeated to all seven churches, along with, I know thy works. Remember, we must reflect on what is said to the seven churches as they apply to us. It doesn't matter what church you belong to. God says, hear what the Spirit of God says to you today. Why do we need to hear? Because the time is at hand, according to Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. We close with the invitation we open with. If you do not know Jesus, now would be a good time to invite Jesus into your heart to be your Savior and Lord. Well, this concludes our journey with Jesus through the seven churches that he spoke to. Join us next time in our series, Revelation Expectations, chapter four in the book of Revelation. This is Stephanie Wright. And Apostle Charles Wright. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast where all episodes are available by category and series format you may also view these episodes on our youtube channel the symbol at cg missions inc or inc this is apostle charles until next time god bless you Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.